you ever? I mean, we've talked about it before the uh, the Succotash show. Succotash. Yeah. Succotash. Right. And I, I I feel like I I feel like I need to kind of I don't know stroke them a little bit to get get a clip on there. Excuse you. Well, they whatever I got to do. Yet? They have not clipped us. They have yet. not clipped us yet. I have sent. We are in there. It's like the only other podcast I listen to. We like, get regularly. mentioned. We get mentioned every week. But. He literally will drop us at a mention every week. He mentions the fact that he's in the fantasy football league. They mention that the, they mention the, like any tweets. That if I retweet them, I'm on that list. They mention that, like they're supporting us, but the clips, the clips are not rolling in. The the, the comedy gold that is the broadcast basement is not making the Succotash show. And what I've noticed is, is that the people that actually get on the Succotash show mention the Succotash show. See what I'm saying? Okay. If they if they talk about the Succotash show on their show and then their clip includes the Succotash show on their in their clip, somehow they make the clip. Like so this if we could keep be talking about the Succotash right show. Right now, you could be listening the to Succotash the Succotash show. clip on the Succotash show of the broadcast basement talking about the Succotash show because I aired this clip of me talking about the Succotash show on the broadcast basement. Are you following me? I'm following you. Now the problem wait, wait, is wait. we have to say something funny. Penis. Now the. Thanks, Ed Mike. Well done. No, that's great. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, and this is Epi 78 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Before the regular intro, what you were listening to was a clip from Chris Lanuti and the guys over at the Broadcast Basement podcast. And yes, I have been remiss at playing something from their show. But don't go getting the big idea that you have to mention Succotash to get me to play an excerpt from your show. I know they're just kidding around, but just in case you think it's true, the only show I really do that with is the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with our friends Dean Haglin and Phil Lairness. They talk about us, then I talk about them talking about us, and then they usually say something about me talking about them talking about us. But guess what? This week, we got our Chill Pack mention from their guest, Alec Lefchuk, who's the host of the Midweek Drive radio show in Britain. And, of course, uh, can't uh, people listening to us uh, there in the UK actually listen to it on terrestrial radio? Do you know they can as well on 107.3 FM, which is Siren 107.3 FM in many ways. Alex, any uh, any uh, New Year's resolutions for yourself? Well, apart from mentioning Succotash at least once on these transatlantic links up, so I've just slipped that on in there shamelessly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank goodness, because the earlier <laughs> mention probably... It's probably lost to, to infinity, yeah. etc. Since Alex now podcasts his radio show, I guess we could return the favor and clip the Midweek Drive show. Not this episode, don't have enough time, but we will get to it next time. So happy holidays, Dean, Phil, and Alex Lefchuk. That's it. That's the plug plug. That's how, it's wor- that's how it works. That's, it's just a thing. Don't judge us. Or if you do, don't judge us too harshly, okay? And I am going to play a real clip from Broadcast Basement in just a little while. And we have a whole lot more show to get to, but before we do anything else, I want to apologize for how late this episode, Epi 78, is dropping. I intended to get this out well before Christmas, and then on Christmas. Now it's after Christmas. It's almost New Year's, for God's sake. So, uh, so sorry. Uh, We've got a special guest, Rachel Eaton from Stitcher On Demand Radio. Uh, She talked to us about the upcoming Stitcher Awards, and we were talking about nominations. The nominations are now closed. Fortunately, she also did talk about upcoming voting and how that works. So uh, we'll have our chat with Rachel Eaton in just a bit. We also have a Henderson's Pants spot. We've got a double 
Bursto Durst. We've got the Tweet Sack. And uh, what else? Oh, we have a Christmas song. So, so even that is late from our friend John Anilio. We've got all those things and a whole bunch of clips besides. And here's a, here's something else that should have happened before Christmas. Uh, I put it out there that if you had a Christmas greeting, you wanted to call into the Succotash hotline, I'd play them on the show. Well, this is that time. Uh, we have three. Count them three greetings from some podcaster friends who took me up on my offer. So here they are. Hey, Succotash. This is Christine Blackburn from the Storyworthy Podcast telling all of your listeners to make it a story-worthy holiday. And if that's not possible, here's hoping you get lots of weed in your stockings. Hey there, Sabotash. It's Andy from the Handy Talk Podcast. I saw you guys tweet like a week or so ago, and I was just thinking about it. I'm laying in bed right now, about to go to bed, wearing a sweet uh, red sweatshirt like I'm working at Target or something. But I don't work in the kitchen because I'm awesome. I'm using my college degree probably. But anyway, back on topic. Sorry, you guys. Yeah, you left the number. So I just wanted to say hi again. And that I just posted an episode where I pretty much, I talk about Duck Dynasty and all that going on. And I pretty much kill it. So, yeah, your fans should check that out. When they're done listening to your podcast, which is amazing and perfect. All right, guys. Have a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate. And yeah, keep on keeping on. All right, bye. Hello, happy holidays. This is Tyson Sainer uh, reminding you all to pass the Sakatash and have a uh, happy holidays, uh, Festivus, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you happen to celebrate. Please have it all year around and don't forget to pass the Sakatash. Damn it, I said that already. Oh well. Uh, shit. Uh-huh, yep, that's what happens when I come in with a plan, I just completely lose it. Um, I wonder if I can review this message. Probably not. At any rate, um, thank you, Mark, for for uh, enjoying the clips I've been sending you. It's been a great time. And um, everything I said before, uh, ten times. Uh, enjoy your weekend and the holiday season. Yep, completely collapsed now. <laughs> Alrighty. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Tyson. Now you have a taste of how my show sounds before I edit it for release. Uh, special holiday props to Tyson, by the way, for supplying us with so many of the clips you heard in 2013, including a bunch of the ones you're hearing in this epi. That's why he is our honorary associate producer, and he is going to be co-hosting a show with me sometime in January, so you'll actually get to hear the dulcet tones of Ty Tyson Saner uh, talking about clips. Also, of course, big thanks, as always, to Succotash engineer producer Joe Paulino, announcer Bill Haywatt, booth assistant Kenny Durgis, all the folks behind the scenes without whom this show could never be. All right, let's dive into things, starting with your... The 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List! Coming right up after this week's 10 most active shows on the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List is my chat with Stitcher's Director of Content Partnerships, Rachel Eaton. As I said, we'll talk about uh, the upcoming second Stitcher Awards. But first, here's that latest look at the movers, shakers, and droppers. At 33, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank is up 26 places. 
At 55, cashing in with T.J. Miller, up 31 places. At 57, Improv for Humans with Matt Besser is up 32 spaces. At 60, the Thrilling Adventure Hour has gained 41 uh, spots up the ladder. At 62, Nobody Likes Onions, one of the oldest podcasts around, by the way. Uh, We've clipped it several times. It is up 50 places. At 72, the Trev and Ben Show has dropped 12 places. At 73, Smodcast Phoebe is up 21. At 91, Jim Florentine's Metal Comedy Midgets has gained 12 places back into the top 100. At 93, the Dead Authors Podcast has dropped 18 spots. And at 98, Smodcast Education is down 13 places. So there you go, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> I guess it's really just in time for New Year's. There's your The 10 Most Active Shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List. So last week I caught up by phone with Stitcher's Rachel Eaton, who was vacationing in the Boston area. Uh, unfortunately, we missed the, the nominations, which is the main point of the call, the Stitcher Award nominations. But we did talk about how the voting works, and that's on now. So uh, let's uh, let's. Uh, get into this conversation. It's uh, not very long, but you'll learn a little bit more about what's going on for this year's uh, second annual Stitcher Awards. I'm finding you in Boston, I understand. That's right. Yes, I'm home for the holidays, so a little early, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, that's nice. Uh, Well, I just want to to spend a few minutes with you so uh, the listeners to Succotash who are interested in um, nominating their favorite shows for the Stitcher Awards that are coming up can kind of learn a little bit more about it and, and what they can do for for their favorite shows. Absolutely, yeah. The um, It's the second annual Stitcher Awards, which will be... The nomination periods are open now through Sunday. So that this Sunday at midnight, um, midnight West Coast time. So there's still plenty of time to vote. Everyone can vote one time a day. And there are 19 categories. And you can vote for your favorite um, shows to get give them the Stitcher Award, which is, you know, Mark, you joined us last year. It was a really fun event. Um, and we gave away 19 awards last year as well. And it was a great time. And, you know, we invite we invite everybody, all podcasters, you know, with shows on Stitcher to come. But in particular, you know, hope the nominees can join us there. And we really hope to have a bunch of people available to vote. Um, so, I'm sorry, so, to join us. So so when you say you're not, people are getting nominated, these are, these are actually votes as well. I, I should back up. Right now is a nomination period. There's a two-week nomination period where every single show that's um, – on the Stitcher platform is eligible for a nomination. Um, and then there'll be, and then after, after Sunday night, we'll shut it down, shut that down, go in, look at the votes, post the votes and then announce the nominees in each category. There will be six nominees in every category. Ah. And we will post that and then let everybody know who's, you know, who's the finalist. And another round of voting will begin ah, okay. um, for when, another two weeks. So when when does that start? When is the next round of the voting after the nominees are selected? That will start um, on December 24th. Oh, so pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It's a quick turnaround time. Um, and we'll start that. And then, you know, really kind of, we, we'll probably announce it, but then the voting will open right after Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You know, we might. We probably won't get the um, 
we probably won't get the platform ready to go. Um, the voting platform just because just because of Christmas Day. Sure. Um, but then right after that, it will be back open, and there will be six finalists, and you know, um, we'll really be letting everyone know about that. Okay, so you've got nine, you've got nineteen categories, and for those of uh, yeah. those of uh, listeners who listen to Suckatash, uh, which is you know the comedy podcast podcast, we really just yes. feature comedy podcasts here. Uh, just to let them know, you know, they can nominate things like uh, best investigative reporting, uh, best music commentary, best food and wine. Uh, so there's a lot of different categories because there's a lot of different things that podcasts talk about. Yeah. That's absolutely th- true. And there- what do you think is the most pop that's okay. What do you think is the most popular category um in terms of listenership? Is there a way to even tell that? Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, on Stitcher, um, news is very, you know, it's kind of one of the is definitely one of the biggest categories. Those are maybe less so what you think about in terms of a podcast. But news is the number one category, and then following that is comedy. Um, also, the, the where there are the mo- the category where there are the most actual shows is the general entertainment category. Mm. So that's you know covering everything from movie reviews to um, you know pop culture banter, that kind of thing. And that's that's where I've been telling my listeners if they want to nominate Suckatash to put us in because although we cover yeah. comedy podcasts and we do a couple of funny things on our show, we're not really a comedy podcast per se, which is a little bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is that does make the most sense for your show for sure. And sometimes these, the, one of the hardest things to do is figuring out what to how to define the categories. It's it's more challenging than you know than you'd think. There's such a huge you know variety of podcasts. It's hard to just narrow it down into even 19 categories. Sure. And speaking of number of podcasts, you know, I've been trying to nail down a figure in terms of how many active podcasts are out there. And it's kind oh, yeah. of kind of hard to find out. There there seems to be literally at least over 100,000 podcasts. Is that possible? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. It, do, it does seem like an awful lot. Um, and, but it does seem, we you know, we're getting on Stitcher. We get 200 each week, new podcasts that are, join the network. So it seems like the number just, that number just keeps on growing. It's pretty amazing and exciting. Well, you know, uh, I've, I've got a question that gets kind of beyond the, the nominations here. It's uh, yeah, we do a feature every episode of Suckatash called the, the 10 most active shows on Stitcher's top 100 comedy podcast list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to look at the top 10, but the top 10 don't really change all that much. Uh, yeah, know, they they kind of sh- yeah they kind of shift around amongst themselves, but they don't don't really move all that much. But there's a right. lot of action a little bit further down on the list. So we cover the ones that either went up the most or down the most every week. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of weeks, there's been some shows that have made some gigantic leaps uh, into the list. Um, like this this last week, uh, there was a show called the Amish Baby Machine podcast. And, and it went up, uh, it got into the top 100 at, at number 59. It went up 554 places in a, a week. 
And yeah, that's amazing. Underneath that, there's one at 71 called Lightcast, which went up 1,421 places. How, what uh, is responsible for moving a show that much in a week? There's a few factors what can happen. A, a lot of the times, a new show will come on, and you know it's just been on for a week or two, mm-hmm. um, and then you know Stitcher will feature it in some capacity, either on the front page in a in a welcome series of, of tweets or an email, and that will absolutely you know will blow it up the chart. Okay. Um, what, you know when we will introduce a show. Um, but it can have that effect, especially, you know, the Amish baby machine probably would be something that would get people's attention if they saw it posted. They just want to check out and see what's going on. Um, you know, sometimes the name will kind of pitch fire and make things go a little bit viral, right. um, which, which is exciting too. Um, so I think that, that 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 accounts for most of those, you know, fluctuations that you have asked about. Okay. And just so, so people are a little bit more familiar with you, Rachel, you're Director of Content Partnership. So what's exactly your responsibility at Stitcher? Yeah, so um, the, at Stitcher, I do everything from, you know, asking new shows to join Stitcher and telling them what, you know, what they can expect with, on Stitcher and what we can provide for them and what, you know, we ask of content partners. And then, you know, it's handling all the technical questions that they have along the ways, all the promotional requests they have along the ways, and then also just, you know, figuring out such as larger, um, you know, way we fit into kind of the, uh, you know, on-demand audio world and what we can do for content providers to be the best service we can be. Well, that sounds great. I don't want to take up any more of your holiday time. Uh, as as the Stitcher Awards are uh, uh, coming up, you know, last last year I went sort of as Chris Gore's date from Podcrash just because I was interviewing him when he was in San Francisco. And awesome. he, he, he had no one to go with. How how do I wangle an invitation for this year's awards? We can invite you for sure. The event will be January 30th in San Francisco again. And that's a Thursday night. We haven't... Um, you know, open the invitations yet, but I can make sure you get my mark for sure. <laughs> that would be great. Rachel, have yourself a great holiday and thanks for talking to us. You too. Thanks so much. Great luck with the voting. Thanks again to Rachel Eaton. For you podcasters out there, she is our main liaison to Stitcher and I've always found her to be very helpful and willing to answer questions and point me in the right direction for anything regarding Stitcher On Demand Radio. Clip time. First, a little reminder that I will no longer be mentioning after every clip that you can find the podcast you hear on Succotash on iTunes and Stitcher On Demand Radio because, well, that's pretty much the same for every show. But I will mention the show's home sites when they have them, as well as alternative outlets they might have, like Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment Radio and SoundCloud, for instance. This first clip was a request I made of Tyson Saner after I read last week's top 10 most active shows on Stitcher's top 100 comedy podcast list. It's from Amish Baby Machine, which jumped up over 500 places to get into that top 100 list. So I asked Tyson to grab me a sample. In this taste, hosts Dags and Jeff welcome back Sam S- Simon, who shares tales from his recent African adventure. I'm trying to think what other story I was going to tell you. Well, I... Uh... You got me thinking about Africa and do the do the remote destinations appeal to you? I mean, is that because I'd like to see London? There you go. But that's I can see a lot London. Of Would you wear a London fog jacket? 
Probably. I'd have to. When in London, do as the Londoners, right? Would you rock the TARDIS? <laughs> yeah, no, I like those city trips, too. I mean, I, I don't need the remote stuff. I'm not a camper. We did it. Oh. We, the most remote thing we did on this trip was to stay in a tent in the Serengeti. But this is a pretty swank tent. They got they got a yeah. Bed. Explain to us. I mean, we're not talking like a pup tent. This is no. It's a big old tent that they do. They move it around based on where the migration is. The big thing that people like to see is this big migration involving the wildebeest and the mm-hmm. zebras, where you can see millions of them. So they move tell us the story about the zebras and the lions. Didn't you have well, a wonderful story? Well, the thing that happened to me was there were lions roaming around the camp where we were staying. And you could see footprints of these lions, you know, on the walk from where you eat to where our little uh, cabin was. You'd see full-on lion footprints. And How big are these prints? I mean, are these I mean, large animals? Men. I mean, I guess my same size as my hand, pretty much. Wow. Uh, big hands, big feet. And, um, you know, all of the people at the camp reassured us that the lions don't like people. They're not interested in eating people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're more scared of us than we are of them, all that stuff. But then uh, my, my travel partner told me a few stories that she had heard of, of lions really going out of their way to, to eat people. And, and it so happened that that night, for the first time, I did hear lions roaring all night long. So I was awake. I didn't sleep that night. I was strategizing what to do when the lion broke through. What our would jet. you do? I didn't come up with any really good answers. Uh, but you were thinking about I it. I was thinking about it. I had a lamp. I was going to try to use that as uh, kind of try to feed it the lamp before it got its mouth to me. I really didn't have a good idea. Well, it's, a, it's the old joke. You don't have to be faster than the lion. You just have to be faster than whoever you're well, running that's, with. I didn't, I, it's, hard, I, it's hard for me to say this out loud, but I figured if I could grab her and just <clears> use her as a kind of a shield. What was that movie? Was it the Ghost in the Darkness? Do you remember that, Jeff? Didn't see it. But the, oh, Lord. <laughs> These lions, when they... They were building a, I believe they were building the railroad in Africa, and these two lions just ate all these freaking people. Yeah, okay. No, that happened. And then once they get a taste for people, they yes. get a habit, and they, they and become... I think, I think they kill them, and they're, they're in, the, like, Chicago in the museum oh, yeah. there. Those lions, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's how it works. They get a taste. They, they, they discover that it's actually a pretty easy kill after they do it a couple times. Um, so that's another thing. Apparently, if you just scream like crazy and punch them in the nose as hard as you can, they, they might decide... Mm-hmm. That it's too much of a hassle, and they'll go find a zebra. Not worth it. Yeah, Maybe they don't want to get injured just to to get one meal. So, so you're back into this cold weather. Yeah. Did yeah. you go see Santa? Um, I haven't yet. Uh, but I'll tell you, the cold wet weather feels much more tolerable after that African experience. I feel like I got a good dose of sunshine. Now, have you been to Florida or anywhere else, Hot? Mm-hmm. I have. What is? How's the heat compare? I mean, you said the sun's right above your head. Yeah. It's freaking hot. Yeah. No, it's serious heat uh, and serious sun. I mean, that's the thing. Sunburn. I got a little sunburn despite serious sunscreen. It's Jeff, did you see Santa yet? Mm-mm. You know, I'm really getting tired of these new Santas. Have you seen them, these hipster Santas? Oh, with the glasses? Yeah, they, they wear all the <laughs> weird hipster clothes. I want the old school Santa. Do you remember in that red velvet pimp? Remember that? The jacket they'd wear? So pimp. Yeah, you'd be some fat dude and some drunk dude. He'd have the gin blossoms and... I want to bring that back. Yeah. Instead of these, these young guys. Yeah, they're hipsters. They have real beards. I mean, in these. Oh. No, we that's, don't want that. That's not That's not Santa. Jeff, did you hear about, so uh, speaking about the Amish, did you hear about this uh, horse, this horse drive-by where they killed the horse? No. Yeah, it was down right by our house up here. This freaking guys killed the horse, horse and buggy. Is there mm-hmm. any way we can, like, up armor ours or? <laughs> up 
armor and put some thicker wood on the side of it. How did they kill it? Was it like sort of shooting drive-by? Yeah, they killed a poor horse. While someone was riding it? Driving it? Yeah. Mm, that ain't right. Disrespectful. Mm. I mean, what is with this, Jeff? He's, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can do to stop this violence against our horses? What can we do? <laughs> we need to put a, a colored ribbon on the back of the buggies ah. to raise awareness. That'll stop. Amish yes. awareness month. Yes, Amish awareness. What color would we use? Black? Brown. We can only use black. You'd have to use a drab color. Black or brown, yeah. White? Yeah. I think white would be for, like, porn awareness month, wouldn't it? <laughs> be, well, it'd be more of a pearly white color. Yeah. Ribbon. Off-white. That's disgusting. Great title. I will say that for them, the Amish Baby Machine. And you can find more at amishbabymachine.wordpress.com. We've got a double dose of our friend as well as political and cultural comedian Will Durst this episode. In this first segment, he's talking about the nefarious political machinations going on right under our noses. Take it away, Will. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about these exciting times in which we live. Recent revelations suggest we're all inadvertent characters in a governmental spy novel. You may have thought the NSA was everywhere, but apparently you didn't know the half of it. The New York Times reports the spy agency is monitoring online game rooms like World of Warcraft and Second Life. Are those trolls or undercover spooks, or both? Not just an operations chief, but a night elf hunter guild leader as well. James Bond's new assignment, to enchant a goblin priest. The operatives claim their goal is to thwart terrorism, but that's pretty much their answer to everything these days, including lunch at Quiznos. Who knows what they're really doing? Maybe checking out skill sets, filling emergency requests for the military to wander around Call of Duty Black Ops 2. We need someone who goes to the left well and is able to take out multiple drones with one RPG. And while you're at it, check around Grand Theft Auto for someone who can steer with his knees. Gives gamers an excuse, too. I'm not wasting time. I'm gathering counterintelligence. What about the games that weren't mentioned? Think Zelda's feeling a little less than? Of course, with today's gamers, having their every move under surveillance isn't that big of a problem. Knowing the NSA is watching your foray into gem collection just might make it more enticing. After all, the new Xbox has a camera and microphone that remain on and pointing at your couch even when the game is off. Coming up next, Paranoia, the game of life. Friend or foe, you'll never know. Don't just play the game, be the game. Then again, just the thought of government employees spending the whole day playing video games makes a man proud to pay his taxes, don't it? For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. We'll have a second burst of Durst in the back half of the show. You can get more Durst right now, including upcoming appearances at willdurst.com. One of the best-known podcasts around is WTF, or What the Fuck, with Mark Marin. He recently hit his Epi 450 and has actually plowed on past that and had Will Farrell on as his guest for that episode, which I reviewed for This Week in Comedy podcasts over on Splitsider.com a week ago. A few weeks earlier, Mark had author David Sedaris on, and he's a favorite of our friend Tyson Saner, who provided us with this clip of Sedaris reading from Mark's recently published book. Do you have any advice for me? Um, when I, I, I tend to just talk. And then, uh, so you don't read from the book? No, I do a bit, but I, it's hard to select what to read. Really? Oh, I got some ideas for you. I, <laughs> I mean, I think 
<laughs> What's nice about it is that the chapters are all great, great length to read in a bookstore, I think. Yeah. So you told me the cover was a mistake. That's what you're telling me. I think you didn't have to be on the cover of your right. book. Because I, I feel like sometimes when people are on the cover of their book, it's a way of saying, not a real book. Well, maybe you know they, I mean? yeah. Like it's a celebrity book, right. but it's a real book. Right. And I think it, the, the writing is just fantastic. And I think it's hard. Sometimes you see people trying to write jokes and they try to write timing onto the page and it just looks gimmicky. Right. But this, this doesn't at all. <laughs> it just sounds like, and it's, and I, I think anybody could read it out loud. Yeah. You, it's like you're reading it right now and laughing. Well, <laughs> one thing I like about, I feel like kind of the enemy reading books on an iPad. Yeah. But one thing I kind of like about it is that you've got those notes at your, at your fingertips, right? Yeah. Um, she didn't say it like that. What she said was, I'm leaving. Then she took her vagina and left. <laughs> just, very specific. Uh, so many great bits in here. Um, well, I'm very flattered that you like it because you're sort of a pro at this. And, you know, I come into your stuff and, like, I always wonder after I wrote my book, because I'm so uh, sort of compulsive and intense, that I should have had more fun writing it. Um, I, I feel like I, I wrote uh, my heart out to a degree, but I don't know that I, I, I could have, I feel like I could have been funnier, but I imagine I always will feel like that, like that. Maybe because, I don't know, maybe because you're, you're on lines, but I mean, I, how, okay, it was a very sad orgasm. My dick was crying. How did you not laugh when you, when you, wrote, when you wrote that line? I love this too. My father needs to have an effect on people. He needs to either drag them down to his level or blast through them with his anger. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh that's not a laugher. No, but I thought <laughs> I thought it was a really good summation of somebody. Um Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the best episode ever. He didn't know his own strength and would snap at you for no reason. Yeah. A bite from a stunning dog doesn't hurt any less. So true. So true. I don't You know, I said something last night on stage yeah. about yeah. about not liking dogs and I just felt I mean, the audience didn't leave, but Sixty percent of them no longer liked me. Really? After I said that. What's your experience with dogs? I mean, that would Don't make trust them. Yeah, how can you trust them? A cat'll just go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've been. I. I mean, I haven't been torn up, bitten, but. Yeah. Uh, Are you reading my book still? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> um, that was interesting to me about the dog, about the dog shows when yeah. you were young, going yeah. to dog shows. Yeah, there's probably more there, right? <laughs> All right. If you ever wake up in the morning and the first thing you say is, oh, fuck, not again, you might be a little bitter. <laughs> that is such a good thing to say to yourself in the morning if you're bitter. Um, what else are you going to say? Oh, you know, also because I'm on yeah. tour so often, yeah. then I, I related to a lot of what you had to say about university towns are okay for a few hours before you realize that you were old and silly. That's it exactly. Do you um, feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you said in in the book how when you when you go on tour, sometimes you're downtown and the downtown ninety percent of the time dries up after five o'clock yeah. and it's just kind of sad for that reason. Yeah. Or then you're in Ann Arbor. Yeah. You know. Right. And you realize that everyone's eighteen. Yeah. Like really young. I mean, that's a that's an important moment you, you know, to realize that like I don't I'm not I'm not in college, I'm just not in college. Um. I like this, too. Okay. Running away works. Mm. Sometimes you have to change it up. New people, new restaurants, new laundromats, new barista, new life. 
Yeah, the adage is true that wherever you go, there you are. But you are in an entirely new setting. It is new to you. Yeah. Or, or at least the old one. Yeah. In a new context. And that's not nothing. Yeah. You're right. It's a good second best, I think. I'll yeah. take it any day. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Marin's home site is WTFPod.com. And by the way, the second season of his show, Marin, is coming up in 2014 on IFC. I think it starts in May, I believe. I'm not sure about that. Here's the actual clip, I promise, from Broadcast Basement that isn't talking about our show. Chris Lanuti runs his show from an actual bar he has in his actual basement, surrounded by actual friends like Acoustic Mike and Wild Bill, as well as whomever else happens to drop in. Chris is a former radio guy who knows how to run a show, and I guess he's also the commissioner of the Broadcast Basement Fantasy Football League, in which our Succotash Rocks did okay in this season, considering I know nothing, as I've said before, about football, other than the fact it's the brown oblong thing. Uh, This clip focuses on that newish Christmas tradition of the elf on the shelf. Last night we had um, some guys over to visit uh, my, my, my wife's my wife's cousin comes in. I haven't met him. He's the one Never normal, the one normal West Virginia in-law that she has. You've met all the. I've met ones. all the, the West Virginians. Okay, all what, my kinfolk. What is what okay. is a normal West yeah, Virginia what is, what person? What is normal exactly? That, here's the funny thing. I was told by one of his relatives. Okay, one of one of one of one of the one, one of the, the abnormal one of what you would believe if you just picked a caricature of what you think people from West Virginia are like. Okay who told me that this particular cousin was a little hoity-toity, and I might not like him. And my first impression was, he's probably just like me then, because they think I'm hoity-toity too, because I I don't whittle, and I I don't play a banjo, and I I have teeth. And so, I mean, like, there's, I'm probably hoity-toity as well, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I use use the English language. (laughs) I I don't make up weird words like yuns and anri and yeehaw. And so, like, I mean, like, here's the thing. So he shows up and, like, completely normal. No accent. Because he's like, one of these. two eyes. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing. I guess when he was like in they high school together. or whatever, he basically was oh, like, "I'm no. leaving, and I'm I'm Didn't say I'm never coming back." Mouth. And you could tell he's just like my wife. He's like one of those people who's like, "I'm kicking the dust off this small town, and I'm gonna go out into the world." And he was a nice guy, and he was here, and he he brought a friend of his who's like a, a minor league ball player that made it to the show for a couple of months. Nice guy as well. Um, and uh, and my new favorite baseball sitting player? around talking and stuff. He's not no. he's not there anymore. And so, uh, but nice guys were talking to him and everything like that. And the kids are having a good time with him. They're real friendly with the kids. We're all having a good time sitting down here at the bar. And we got the elf on the shelf. Now, anybody who knows what an elf on the shelf is, I mean, if you're a parent, you know what an elf on the shelf is. It is the dumbest, creepiest, most ridiculous thing in the world. I am so totally against the idea of elf on the shelf so that this- I literally plant seeds in the kids' heads. Like, you know, if the elf's bothering you, we could tell the elf to go back to the North Pole. We could just write letters like I used to do when I was a kid. Like, I so really this is where you, hi- you hire a midget to sit on your couch for a month? No, no. You get the elf. The elf. It's, it's not a real guy? Here's the no, story of the not, elf. it's oh. not like Here's the story of the elf. That- I'm going to tell the story of the elf it's just in not a way. A short person it's not on- like bad Santa. I'm going to tell the story of the elf right, in a way okay. that you that understand. Here's how the kids understand the elf. The elf on the shelf shows up around Christmas time and every night picks a new place that he's going to be. He's going to hide. Okay. He never sits in the same place twice and he observes you. And reports back to Santa Claus every night. But it doesn't now, move. Think so the about elf that. works for the NSA. 
Think about that. Think about how terrifying that must be to a child. Because Santa's pretty this terrifying as thing, it is that he knows what you're First of all, this, yeah, this Santa's the ultimate in surveillance to begin yeah. with. He could pop up at Santa, any NSA, moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could pop up at any moment, the elf on the shelf. So literally, if you're a child, you're afraid you'll wake up and he's going to be standing over you looking at you. I mean, that's the fear factor in the elf on the shelf. Everybody's like, oh, it's so cute. My kids are like, oh, I he's need not my, elf. Cute. my elf. He's this. creepy. He's the, it's the creepiest it thing in the, the world. It's on its skin right. or it gets no presence again. Right, exactly. And so, and so now the other thing with the elf on the shelf that keeps kids from being near the elf, getting too close to the elf on the shelf, is if you touch the elf on the shelf... The magic is gone. Loses the magic. Essentially, like you kill the elf. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much. And there's a book with. Yeah, it's like, like what your parents told you when you were a kid. You know, I mean, don't touch it. You'll so, lose the magic. so you can't touch the elf. So these guys come over and they're grown men who don't have elves on the shelf. We've never heard of the elf on the shelf. And as they're walking out the door, to them touching the elf means something different. After yes. drinking at my Very bar for a couple yeah. hours, magic does go away after. And there's yes, three sheets does. to there's the no wind, magic. or at least an hour. And they're goofing off with the kids. My daughter starts telling them all about the elf, and the guy who's the ball player... Probably who, laughing the whole time, right? Who's laughing the whole time reaches right up to grab the elf. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And everybody... Oh, my, my God. wife, of an elf. elf. Me, two children, were like screaming, No! And did you, did you manage to no. do it all in slow motion? Like, yeah, no! My daughter cried for 45 minutes after he'd walked out the door. I had to go outside and explain to him what he had just done. And then I had to come back inside oh, and tell her, I don't think he touched him. I think he was just goofing around. Why not pull up a stool and a brew at broadcastbasement.com? The lads over at 7 Days a Geek recently held their 30 Days of Podcasting event. These guys aren't just podcasters, but they also get into the nuts and bolts of podcasting a lot. Well worth subscribing. In this clip, Jay the Angry Ginger and Jeremy McBlizzard discuss horror movies, including The Human Centipede. I mentioned the trailer to, or I mentioned The Human Centipede and asked Jer if he'd watched it. He'd never even heard of it. So, Jer, we took a minute and I sent you the, the link to The Human Centipede. Give us your thoughts. I'm... did... I... what... What in the fuck is wrong with that guy? What is he trying to do? Well, he wants to make the human centipede, which obviously from the last shot they show you is disgusting. It it, that, it was very disturbing. I could probably watch that and cry afterwards. I you know, it doesn't it, it looks very disturbing obviously because they, sh- they show you the shot of what they're going to do and maybe they show more in the trailer than they do, but it it does look it has that very low budget can't act attitude to it. Yeah, have you seen this? No. Okay. So, I, so we, should we make that one of our flicks? Yeah, it looks like, um, based on the trailer, the acting B plus maybe story. I don't know where the fuck they're going with the story, <laughs> so I can't say. Um, I'll let you know if I cry afterwards. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take uh, all of our listeners. They need to send us, tweet us. Email us, call us a voicemail. Here it is right here. You can tweet us at S7EVEN Days a Geek. Uh, email is the same with at Gmail at the end of it. And uh, our voicemail is 206 339 1404. Let us know what horror movie we need to sit down and uh, do a double feature with. Jared's already said he's doing Howard the Duck. Pretty sure you're not going to talk him out of it. So whatever we get the most recommendations of, we will take and uh, we'll make that the other flick. And this needs to be soon. Because we'll watch it and release it around Christmas. 
a Christmas. What was, wrong, what was wrong with that voicemail? He said there was all kinds of problems with that voicemail. He didn't like it. Whatever. I didn't. Did you? I I thought he sounded he sounded uh, intelligent. Uh, he had some sexual charm to him. Very James Bondish. James no, Bondish. No, I I I think he just sounded like a person calling and talking on voicemail. He didn't sound bad at all. Right. So, uh, Mike, don't worry about it. Call back again. Leave us a voicemail. Um, yeah. So, w- what do you think? Uh, you you ready to do the movies then? We'll do some movies. All right. Sure. All right. Speaking of, I said I would uh, give the list out. I might as well read that while I'm right here. These are the movies. And now, obviously, we probably won't do all of these um, at once because I've got a rather long list here. But here's some messed up movies and some fun movies I think that we could discuss. Uh, I brought them up on the show a few times, um, some of them as well. So I figured, here they are. Killer Joe, Drive, Pandorum, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, Iron Sky, Feast, and Shoot 'em Up. I've seen Shoot 'em Up, I've seen Iron Sky, and I've seen Drive. Okay. What do you think of Drive? Drive is fucking awesome. Yes, it's fucked up too. That is a great movie. I had tweeted the other day, and that's why I got the idea about movies again. I had said, uh, awesome double feature, um, Killer Joe and Drive. Have you I've seen, never seen Killer Joe? Okay, you got to watch that. We're, well, you're going to because that's going to be one of the movies we're going to do. It's McConaughey at his craziest. Really? Yeah, but he is. He does really good at crazy. He is. He is. The last 30 minutes of that movie, you will never forget. In fact, if you ever want a bucket of KFC after you see this movie, I will be <laughs> extremely surprised. KFC? What the fuck does KFC have to do with it? Oh, you'll see. I mean, I just uh, tell you, when you see that bucket of chicken on the table, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is the part that Jared was telling me about. And then about five minutes after, you're going to be like, I don't ever want to eat chicken again. <laughs> I just had KFC for lunch. Mm, well, you know what? I had it for dinner, and I'm surprised that I ate it because now that I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking, ah, that's fucked up. Delve into the maelstrom that is Seven Days a Geek at their home site, sevendaysageek.libsyn.com. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hello, friends, and happy holidays from Henderson's Pants. Just in time for this special time of year, Henderson's is pleased to introduce our Jingle Drawers. These special edition holiday pants are secular in nature, which means you can wear them whether you're gathered around the menorah for Hanukkah, the tree for Christmas, or the Kenora for Kwanzaa. Available in bright, vibrant holiday colors like red, green, blue, and yellow, jingle drawers are not just festive looking, but they're durable too, as they are made from 100% reindeer hide, which means you'll be trotting out into the living room and pissing off your relatives in Henderson's jingle pants for yuletide to come. Jingle drawers also come festooned with eight large pockets, in addition to the expected four that come standard on most trousers. So as you visit the homes and holiday parties of family and friends, feel free to fill those pockets up, not just with gifts that they give you, but helpings of food from the table to snack on later when you're alone, sobbing by yourself in the darkness. Don't worry about getting too depressed, though, because it's hard to be glum when you're wearing your Henderson's jingle drawers. How could it not be? They're covered in handcrafted jingle bells, which peel with that joyous holiday sound with every step you take. Not only that, when you do receive those holiday party invitations, whether it's in someone's home or your office Christmas party, you can finally say with confidence, I'll be there with bells on. 
Originally designed for elves at the North Pole, street corner Santas, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come, Henderson's Jingle Drawers are available wherever Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the day after Christmas sales happen. That's Henderson's, makers of fine kilts and lederhosen since 1897. And now, let's get back to Suckatash. Since this is more or less our Christmas edition, that would make it time for our Santas, Tweet Sack. Which is just like the regular Tweet Sack, except that Tweety is wearing a little Santa hat. Not a whole lot in the Tweet Sack this time around. I've gotten lots of nice mentions from our good friends in the world of podcasting on Twitter, but we haven't gotten any emails of note recently, which, although some people might suggest that we don't have any listeners, I prefer to think of as meaning I'm doing everything just perfect on the show. I did get a direct message from Ed Wallach from Don't Quit Your Daycast who said, I used your Amazon click-through link today to order some stuff for Christmas. Let me know if it worked. I was thinking of signing up for that too. Is it worth it? Have you seen any revenue from it or am I the first? I don't know anyone else that has it on theirs, so sorry about all the questions. Hope your holidays are going well. As I replied to Ed, the Amazon link is worth it because it doesn't cost anything to have it up there at SuccotashShow.com. But we haven't seen more than a few bits of spare change so far. I think it takes a number of people trooping through your link to add up to anything of consequence. So uh, if you do, are going to be doing your shopping, your post-Christmas shopping at Amazon, consider going to SuccotashShow.com and using our, uh, our portal to their site. Also got a direct message from Jabs over at the D-Head Factor in the Boganwood podcast. He says, hey, mate, Christmas present on the way. Two Aussie movies. Warning, they are a bit more serious than the last couple I sent you, but still great movies. Should be there just before or after Christmas. Well, that's great. Not only can I not wait, they both got here. I have them right here next to me, actually. Uh, one is Eric Bana in Chopper. And the other is uh, Russell Crowe and Romper Stomper. Both those, of course, released in the United States. And weirdly, I didn't see either of those when they came out. But uh, my wife and I just watched Chopper last night. It's uh, actually got uh, a bit of humor to it. And it's Eric Bana looking kind of fat in the lead. But I think that was the whole point. He plays uh, this kind of convict criminal guy who likes to beat up people once in a while. Uh, But thank you, Jabs. And uh, my my Hallmark movies are on their way to you. So... uh, Hopefully you'll enjoy them as well. All right, here's a list of just some of the folks kind enough to tweet, retweet, favorite, quote, FF us, or somehow use the Succotash show handle on Succotash, or on Twitter this past week. Mark Marin, yeah, he mentioned us. Pizza Beer Rev, uh, Good Podcasts, Rick Overton, That Guy Travis, I Am Comic Movie, Podcast Squared, Inverse Delirium, Laura Saner, Christine Blackburn, T exclamation point 30, the pod mafia, Frank Cronin, mental poison, the wrong foot, alone podcast, Michelle Meyer, Joe Wilson, dirty cakes band, Rodri, Eric of Foon, uh, strange Times show, indie comic writer, jelly, Natasha Younge, illusionoid, eggnog, Ro- Robin Joe, Trevin Ben, Megan M, DA Hamilton, 4am cab, Caleb Bacon, Brit and American, Malarkey from Jersey, $1 Beer, Davy and Dent, Bon and Oboe, Danny LaBelle, Ben Glybe, So Me Limited, Velocifaptor, and Hanging Outcast, Break Room Party, Utta Bull, and This Ain't Iowa. Those last four being podcasts that I promise I will clip on the very next show. 
Uh, that's it for the Tweet Sack this week. One of my New Year's resolutions from this past year was to play more comedy or novelty music, and I, well, I sort of failed miserably. Got a few in there, but I was going for one an episode. Fortunately, just in time for Christmas, our buddy John Anilio has reissued one of his timeless holiday classics. Here he is with Batman Smells a Rebuttal. It's Christmas Eve at the Hall of Justice And Aquaman is wearing a Santa cap Superman is mixing up the eggnog Wonder Woman is sitting on his lap The Hawkman is putting the star on the tree The Boy Wonder seems to be out of town The Green Arrow is hanging the stockings The Cape Crusader is nowhere to be found Cause every year some children Drunk on whiskey, diet coke. The green lantern comes and tames his power. Ring creates a green guitar and then begins to sing. But I don't think that Batman smells. Track down Batman Smells and many other John Anilio songs at John Anilio, that's J-O-H-N-A-N-E-A-L-I-O.com. Tyson Saner is clipped as a hunk of The Black Guy Who Tips, a pretty popular show featuring married couple Rod and Karen, no last names, who've been together since they were 16 and got married back in 2002. They kick stuff around and also have some interesting guests. This slice features the couple discussing R. Kelly's ill-advised Q&A session via Twitter a little while back. Uh, Karen, I was on Twitter today. Did you know that R. Kelly was gonna, is going to take to Twitter and have a questionnaire? Uh-oh. Like a question and answer session. On Twitter? Yes. Nobody warned him? Uh, what do you mean? Nobody warned him what? 
about Twitter. Like they they didn't want him. People are not nice. People are not not nice on social media. Period. Most people are not. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know that he is black and black. A lot of black Twitter follow him. Yeah. When I saw this, I went. I there's this huge disconnect to me with the black people uh, and R. Kelly. Yes, it is. He thinks we're laughing with him. Yeah, and he, in he large really part, did. I feel like people are kind of laughing at, at him, him. At, at him, point. that's right. Like you know, um, I was uh, I saw I was talking about it on Twitter, and I saw uh, you know, friend of the show, Fire. She was saying how she, you know, she's a huge R. Kelly fan, uh, even now and stuff. And she was basically saying like, I don't see how people can go in on R. Kelly, but not Michael Jackson. And I was like, well, a I mean, honestly, you know, I can get it. I understand too, like. Um, I, you know, I see that there's still suspicion. The thing was, I was like, some people might believe Magic Michael Johnson did. Michael Jackson didn't, didn't do, do it. it. Yeah, I believe he didn't do it. That's just me. right. So if those people believe that, then that's why. You know, yeah, it, it seems simple to me. Uh, although I would still laugh at jokes about Michael Jackson uh, fucking little kids because uh, it's funny. Yeah, I would laugh because it's funny. But um, he still, you know, but I really didn't. I, you know, I don't think he did it, or at me least. Either. But uh, I understand the suspicions and all that stuff. But, you know, she's like, why don't y'all ride for R. Kelly this way? And um, there's a tape. And videos and pictures all across the Internet, dog. Yeah. And uh, she was, like, saying some good stuff about how, you know, you, we know Michael Jackson paid, uh, had payoffs in his past. We don't know that R. Kelly had any that we can prove. Um you know, little stuff like that. So, uh, I get it. But, um, yeah, uh, people gonna laugh and he should know better. Ain't that the like, truth? Like, I, I don't know. Don't who he got public it? relation people? Yeah, like, who's advising him that this would be a good idea? Because even if you think people are wrong for laughing at him, how does he not know that this would happen, though? Come it's, on now. Twitter is an untamed beast. You can't. Be a control freak on Twitter. I say it all the time here. When people, people start, try their best to, but that's impossible. Right. Like when people start these hashtags and then some other publication picks it up and talks about it, then they get mad. Like a hashtag isn't made to popularize whatever the fuck you're talking about. Ain't that the truth? And like there's like Twitter has some type of ownership laws or hashtags and you can sue people or something. You're not copywriting this shit. You're not whatever. So same thing with hashtag ask R. Kelly. And it's very funny because I actually saw a lot of those same people that get mad about people stealing their hashtags. Stealing this one and using it uh, to poke fun at this dude, so that was ironic. But um, <laughs> but still, it's but but the point being, like that's it's a fucking wild land. It's not mm-hmm. for the sheep. It's for the wolves, man. Yeah. So obviously, this went bad. Of course. As soon as I mentioned it to you, you didn't know before I started the show that this happened. You immediately went, "Well, how that went terrible. What happened?" Yes, because I already know that the pictures and all that stuff is floating out there, and he's a celebrity. A lot of people follow him, and it's like you don't think people are going to ask you the most ridiculous questions in the world. Yeah, it's very funny too because people are like, um, you know, let like don't retweet the pictures of it or whatever because that's child porn. But you're also saying that he didn't do anything wrong. Come on now. So like, what, what, what do you, what, what, huh? Anyway, so, and I wouldn't retweet the pictures anyway. Mm-mm, I wouldn't either. Yeah, as soon as I found out, because first when it came out, it was R. Kelly's sex tape, and everybody was like, get download this shit, dog. And then it was like, R. Kelly underage sex tape. It was like, uh, delete. Never saw it. Don't know what you're talking about. Mm-mm. I heard I no through the grapevine. Yeah, I know it's so. 
But uh, R. Kelly has pretty consistently avoided doing much press in the past few years, presumably because he blames the media for his pervy public image. But okay. Um, it could be the video that led to the statutory rape charges. But uh, yeah. But anyway, he's been moving out of his comfort zone. He finally got Twitter. And on Tuesday afternoon, he accepted questions from his fans via Twitter using the hashtag AskRKelly. And uh, things definitely went awry. I know they did. Find more of Rod and Karen at theblackguywhotips.com. The Big and Clever podcast out of England has been around for three years, and if it hadn't been brought to my attention by one of our friends on Twitter, I still might not have heard about these guys, Danny Blaze and Keith True. They're a pair of DJs, and much like our new friends Trev and Ben, also in England, they talk about news of the day, current events, pop culture, and they also enjoy taking shots at each, at each other every now and then as well. I went to a comedy club in, uh, in Greenwich called Up the Creek. It's a bit of a shithole in there, if I'm honest, but I just got paralytic drunk. Um, and then we left there, and then we sneaked a bottle of wine out because we hadn't finished a bottle of wine. And then we went into McDonald's, and I was drunk. So you went to McDonald's with a bottle of wine? Yeah, I weren't eating at McDonald's. I suppose it's a way to make you know to cl- make it classy. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Can I, 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 I didn't even have. I, did, I, I didn't. And if, if not classy, you just make the Happy Meal happier. Yeah, well, it was, it was it was like twelve thirty at night anyway. So we're sitting at McDonald's, and then the manager comes over, and uh, he was just like, "Please uh, put that bottle of wine away." I said, "This is not opened," and then he threatened to call the police. And I was wow. like, "Yeah, he's McDonald's don't muck about." Yeah, no. So I just said, "Call the police, then you fucking prick." I said, like, and I started being a bit of a mug, and I was just like, oh, well, call, call the police if you want. The bottle's not open. I said, would you call the police on someone if they was in here with their shopping with a bottle of wine in it? I said, you wouldn't, would you? I said, because the, light, the, because the bottle's not actually open, there's not much you can do. So why don't you fuck off? And that's, that's yeah, pretty much what I said to him, and he weren't really chuffed Did he confiscate that. your chicken nuggets? I didn't have, I didn't, I weren't eating. The person I was with was eating. And then um, he was just a bit, like, taken back. And then the other manager come over, and then I'll just put the bag one of their brown bags which probably made it look even more trampy and dossy like bottle of wine with a brown paper bag over it <laughs> yeah so and then I was like oh, proper American hobo style yeah so and then um, he was chatting bollocks and then I just said oh shut up just go away and then I'll be gone in five minutes and then that was it and then I was busting Sky Lou so all, all of an evening all they got open is a disabled toilet I knocked on the door and I said look I don't get a bait mate and he, he was like mm, whatever so I pissed in the mop bucket just to, to, to like that, that that noise you made was the mumbling from the other side of the door that you couldn't quite uh, hear. Yeah, well, I could, it wasn't. A, it, it a didn't. Slur t- it, did, it wasn't. When I knocked and said, "How long am I going to be?" It wasn't. Oh, give me one minute. It just seemed like that person was not moving for a minute. So I figured. Did you raise the alarm or anything in case he'd collapsed or needed care. assistance? No, I didn't care. I just saw I just saw a mop bucket and I thought, look, tensions are riding a little bit high in this McDonald's. I've already told two managers to fuck off tonight. They're, they're not going to help you with your situation. Yeah, if really I get either. caught pissing in a mop bucket that, which has got a mop in it and already got and already got like thing, so they, I don't know if they tried to mop the floor after I pissed in it or not. But uh, yeah, I just I just had to weigh out the pros and so cons. I probably of, went over to it and thought, oh, this bucket's already got water in it. No, it's, it did it, have water. It, in it's, it. it's, it's steaming, so it, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> yeah, so I just I just thought I weighed out the pros and cons. I just, thought, just think about twenty minutes later, that entire McDonald's probably stunk of, of my piss. piss. Yeah, but hey. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed in. I, I, I don't really visit McDonald's that often, despite how I look. But um, yeah, that's probably what they're upset about. Is why, why, why is the fat kid not eating? Yeah, maybe they probably they, they probably thought about all the money they're missing out on or losing out on. Yeah, so yeah, maybe that's the case. You can find Big and Clever online at TrueVIP.org, and they're also on YouTube with some stuff. 
We're not the only belated ones with our Christmas offering. In our second and final Burst Durst for the year, Will Durst gives us his 2013 Christmas wish list. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say thank God that the most wonderful time of the year is finally over. Because if anybody played Little Drummer Boy within my immediate vicinity one more time, someone was going to have a bacon-flavored candy cane crammed into an orifice that doesn't naturally accommodate candy canes, bacon or otherwise. But to ensure that some traditions don't get tossed out with the ribbons and wrapping paper, let me offer up my annual, scathingly incisive yet curiously refreshing, Will Durst's Christmas Gift Wish List for 2013. And this is for the people who maybe didn't find the gifts they actually deserved under the tree. For Dennis Rodman, a force field that prevents Kim Jong-un from ever referring to him as my favorite uncle. For Chris Christie, the cape and tights needed to be worn to save the Republican Party. For medical science to study, Dick Cheney's heart, George Bush's brain, and Barack Obama's spine. For former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, a testosterone reduction. For Vice President Joe Biden, the vial containing Hillary Clinton's excessive testosterone, or five-gallon drum. For Lynn Cheney, whose political ambition caused her to throw her sister under the bus, a round-trip ticket on the clue train. For Ted Cruz, a muzzle that his Tea Party friends can apply when he becomes inconvenient, which will be soon. For Jay Leno, a different network to give him a show that would immediately crush NBC in the ratings. For Miley Cyrus, an extreme makeover by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. For the NRA, enough 357 Magnums with armor-piercing explosive bullets to arm every schoolteacher in the country. For President Barack Obama, the sign that Harry S. Truman had on his desk, the buck stops here. For the people of Texas, a statewide timeout so they can stop executing people with IQs of 62 and stop electing them as governor as well. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. You can find a lot more funny from our resident raging moderate over at willdurst.com, and he also tweets on Twitter, at Will Durst. <sighs> That's everything we have for Epi 78. Belated Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. And my one New Year's resolution, I'll say it right now, is to keep trying to get these episodes out to you in a more timely fashion. Happy 2014, everyone, and you can help to make it a better and happier year for anyone you know if you'll just remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pats. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at SuccotashShow.com, or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your Loyal booth announcer Bill Haywatt reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.
This chicken is from Maryland. But we've got a special surprise for you at the end. This recipe is something a bit different. We're going to take a chicken breast, marinate it in buttermilk and breadcrumbs, and then fry it. Okay, and then we're going to serve it with a sweet corn succotash nice. and banana wrapped in bacon. Strange, but bear with me. Chicken marinade is awesome. To start with, we'll take our chicken, but we need to make a marinade for it. So, Jamie, over on this side, you're going to mix together some buttermilk and two spices. Okay, so one is onion powder and one is garlic powder. Okay. Okay, so really good to add extra flavour into our buttermilk. Mix those together. Cool. And Barry, we're going to do chicken. Okay. Because these chicken breasts are quite big, I'm going to cut into it down the centre and open it up a bit like a butterfly. Okay, and that's just going to increase the surface. That means it's going to cook a bit quicker and we can get more breadcrumb on there. So what makes this chicken a Maryland chicken? Are we going to coat it in cookies? No, breadcrumbs. It's from the state of Maryland. Like crabs, like cookies, it's another dish from that region. Chicken in there, and we'll do the same with this one. And the second one. Now, while I get rid of raw chicken, Barry, can you put our breadcrumbs into a bowl and coat the chicken in the breadcrumbs? Okay? Okay. Breadcrumbs in here. Yep. You pass me the chicken, and I'll yep. close it. There you go. Right. Use that buttermilk to stick all the breadcrumbs to it. Mm. Let me know when you want the second one. I'm going to put a glug of oil into one pan. Why do Americans love fried chicken so much? If it's done well, it's awesome. It is. So and fresh chicken, big pieces, nice breadcrumbs, in we go, and start to fry that off. Second one. Second one. Jamie. Yes. Next up, we're going to have our bananas. Now, I'm yep. going to give this one to you, because we know Barry doesn't like bananas. This bit is really bothering me. Because you said at the beginning of the video that we're going to be putting banana and wrapping it in bacon. Yes, the sweetness of banana with the salty smokiness of bacon and the spiciness we're going to put in our succotash is amazing. A few chunks of banana. Yep. And all we need to do is wrap that in bacon. Yep, see, that still worries me. Nope. Easy. Smoky, streaky bacon. Wrap it round like that. But that's definitely a banana. Yeah. As that bakes, we're going to put it onto a tray and bake it alongside the chicken for about 15, 20 minutes, and when it comes out, then you can taste it and you can tell me how cool okay, it is. That's it fine. is awesome, promise. That's it, fine. It's a banana in a blanket. A banana yeah. in a blanket. Season up our chicken as well. So we'll pop yeah. our chicken and bacon bananas on the tray. Second bit of chicken, and then Jay, if you can put that tray into the oven. Sure Which thing. is about 180 degrees Celsius. It needs about 10, 15 minutes to cook the chicken right through. Barry, we're gonna look at the sweet corn succotash. Okay. So to start with, onion. Barry, if you can just take these off and then just cut all the way up. Okay, keep Spring those nice onion. and small. Spring onion. Or salad onion. Or salad onion. Salad We're onion. also going to add pepper, about the same size, just small dice, same size as the spring onion. Who is it who has succotash? Who loves succotash? Suffering succotash. Who's Sylvester. 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 The Sweetie pie. No, no, it's the line. Oh, right, that one. Why does he say succotash? Suffering succotash. What is succotash then? Um, it's like a sweet corn, sometimes with beans as well, but like a relish, like almost a hot salsa. Okay. Okay, we're going to add a little bit of cream to ours to bind it as well, but it's served as a side dish. So, Barry, if you can put a glug of oil into this pan, we'll use the same pan, and we're going to put our spring onions, diced pepper, and I've done a little bit of chilli, but not too much, because it's a really hot one in there as well. Lovely. I'm just going to fry that off. So, a bit of salt and pepper as ever. Salt and pepper, me, Jay. Getting good this, aren't we? We are. Next up, some fresh coriander. If one of you can just chop that up nice and fine. There you go. So we're on. Not in there yet. <laughs> just Whoa. wait off. Wait Remember, when you're cooking things like this, fresh herbs, you want to try and put in at the last minute. Okay. okay so they don't lose their colour, they've got that kind of freshness. Okay. At the moment, we just want to soften all of this lot. 
You are not allowed your own cooking show. I'm, I'm not. You're not there yet. Think, think a little bit more supervision just yet. Once they've softened up slightly, we can add in a tin of drained sweet corn. Plus, we can add in a glug of cream. And that needs about five or six minutes to thicken up and bubble away. Our chicken and banana needs a bit more time in the oven, and then we can serve it all up with some fresh coriander. The finishing touches to our succotash is that fresh coriander. And now if you get the chicken out, and then we'll take one of our chicken, slice it up into pieces, mm. maybe three is good. Odd numbers work a lot better than even when you're plating up. A couple of pieces of our banana. Three, probably. Don't Nine. go against what I've just said. Well, no, two of these, because I think that's oh, plenty. Oh, no, but now I look at it really stupid. But still on the angle, okay? It's still about presentation, and we are doing three, because we've got three components of the dish. We'll finish off with our sweet corn succotash. I'm intrigued by these. There we go, our chicken Maryland with a slight twist of banana and bacon, sorted.